0: How many love the Lord tonight? Amen, amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord again tonight, and I'm so thankful uh, for what God is doing around here. And uh, Brother Ham told me just a minute ago. He said he he checked with his sources from last night, and uh, Brody said that we are going to have preaching tonight. Amen, <laughs> and that we'll. Yet to be determined if it's long and boring, we'll find out here in a moment. But I feel good in the Holy Ghost. There's just nothing like being with God's people, and uh, I love I love this uh, the Great Spirit that is here. I've heard such great things about this uh, local church and uh, the ministry here from my parents through the years. And of course, it's getting to know. Uh, the McKillips but uh, to be here now and to see what God is doing and as you were worshiping and singing just a moment ago and as they would cut the music and the church would sing I'd leaned over to Brother Townley I said how many how many times and how many churches do you hear sing like that it's almost a lost art in Pentecost people just watch the people sing on the platform but I'm glad to be with some people that still know how to sing a new song unto the Lord know how to worship the Lord know how to praise him and uh, he is so good to us, and uh, so good to be here, as I said, with the McKillops, Bishop McKillop, Sister McKillop, and uh, these are just great uh, giants in Pentecost, and uh, what an honor to be here with them, and with my good friends, uh, uh, Brother Daniel McKillop, his wife, Damon McKillop, and uh, his wife, the Townleys, and uh, just appreciate, love them so very much. Brother. Daniel McKillop, Sister Ruth McKillop, were able to come this last year. And what a blessing they were to our church. And uh, I'm just telling you, you are a blessed people. I know you know that. But you are blessed. And uh, you are being a blessing through them around this country and even the world. And to love and appreciate them. Amen. And again, how many appreciated the word of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I was watching at the conclusion of the service in the altar call and I don't I don't know everybody yet in fact I don't know very many yet but I was watching what I assumed was fathers and sons uh, praying with one another hugging one another and uh, men in the church praying with young men and pastors praying with saints and I'm telling you it was just a a beautiful representation of what was preached today I'm thankful for uh, the divine authority that God has set up I'm thankful that I have a covering on my life. And oh, that was so beautiful, Brother Ham. appreciate uh, the word of the Lord so very, uh, very much. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I would like to turn to the book of John, chapter number four. John chapter four. And as I was uh, trying to find the mind of God for this service tonight, this, this message began to uh, kind of rise up to me and I honestly and forgive me but almost it is such a simple message such a simple message I'm almost hesitant to bring it tonight except that I do feel that God wants to talk to us and while it is a simple message I do believe that if God would come down and God would God would uh, touch our hearts tonight that God wants to do something beautiful in this place tonight. Amen. Is there anybody hungry for the word of the Lord? Are you ready to help the preacher preach tonight? Amen. Amen. The book of John, chapter number four, and beginning with verse number one. It says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though. Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. And it gives us, for a couple of verses here, a little bit of the, the journeys of Jesus, just a, a small snippet of some of his travels during the approximately three and a half years of his ministry. It says that he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. He had an appointment there and the Bible says, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there and Jesus, therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And so we have a specific place that Jesus came to. And then the Bible says, and it was about the sixth hour that would be, uh, right at right at the noon hour. And then it says in verse 7, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans." And I want you to notice, especially verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, then is there anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? And who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink? And is there anybody thankful you know who Jesus is tonight? If you know the gift of God, and if you knew who it was that was talking to you, Thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen. And i i just tell you tonight, I'm, I'm thankful for everything that God has done in our lives. And I'm thankful for his word. I'm thankful for how he comes uh, through the preaching of the word. And uh, there are some times when, uh, when a preacher gets up that he is perhaps... Uh, Gunning for a, an individual and maybe a small group of the congregation, and uh, but I, I feel tonight that and I just want to tell you up front if you 're wondering who i 'm preaching to i 'm preaching to you, and i 'm preaching to me. I want to preach to every man, every woman, every child, every young person in this in this sanctuary tonight, and I want to preach on this subject if you knew the gift of God, and is there anybody again thankful for the Holy Ghost? hallelujah what do you say we pray before we're seated let's ask that god would bless these next few minutes we love you jesus god we thank you for your presence we thank you for your spirit so good to be in your house lord we ask that you would bless and minister we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in jesus name we pray let's clap our hands and let's give him some praise before we're seated let's love him i love you jesus Hallelujah. 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 I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus name. John chapter four and especially verses three and four begins with, as I mentioned, uh, a little bit of a, a, a part of some of the travels that Jesus did uh, during his earthly ministry. And again, if you don't mind me reading it again, it says in verse three that he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Now, those those verses right there, uh, as we read our text tonight, uh, if we're not careful, they're they're really easy to just kind of read through and and uh, overlook, and and uh, to to jump right into the heart of John chapter four and and uh, And really that 's kind of symptomatic of how if we 're not careful, how we read the Bible sometimes and I remember as a, a kid we were uh, we, would, we did this a couple of times, but one year we, we, there was what they call the one year Bible. Maybe some of you have try, read that before, and it 's actually kind of proportioned out and, and uh, you read certain parts a day and and uh, you read the Bible in a year. Well, you can do that with any Bible in case you 're wondering, just <laughs> thought i 'd throw that out. But we used that Bible, and we did it as a family. And the way we would do it is we would sit in the living room, and, and we would read a portion, each of us, and and we would go around the room uh, reading the Bible. And, and, uh, and again, forgive me for this, and maybe I'm being a little too transparent, but for a, a, a little boy, maybe seven, eight, nine years old, there were certain portions of the Bible when you would get to it that... If you weren't careful, your, your eyes would start to glaze over a little bit. And uh, that wasn't the Bible's fault. That was an eight-year-old's fault. And, and uh, I think if we're honest, some of us, we, we probably know what I'm talking about a little bit. I won't ask for a show of hands. And, and uh, kind of like when you read in the book of uh, Leviticus and, and uh, the chapters 13 and 14. Chapter 13 deals with, with the disease of leprosy. And it didn't just kind of deal casually with the disease of leprosy. It, it talks about uh, how to identify it. And if you have a sore that is this color, then you got this problem. And, and uh, when the sore starts to ooze <laughs> You've got a real problem And even talked about leprosy Being in the walls of your house And and uh, just interesting And the next chapter Chapter 14 dealt with what to do When your sore was this color And when it began to ooze And I, again at, at 13 or Excuse me at around 7, 8, 9 years old You're kind of wanting to jump over to the book of Acts and, and get into the what. Forgive me but what seemed exciting To an 8 year old uh, little boy boy and, and uh, or maybe you've read in, in chronicles the genealogy and yeah, chapter after chapter and, and uh, there's a, chapter 8 verse 25 and 26 it says Ephadiah and pinuel the sons of uh, sheshach shamari and shehariah and athaliah now I tell you what that's powerful stuff but but you got to dig a little bit to get something out of that maybe your pastor could do that i <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. If you're wondering where he got that message, I gave him that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that isn't true. He just told me about it last night. Amen. <laughs> But but there is something about the Word of God. you got to dig a little bit when you get through some portions of the Word. And, and uh, John 4, this journey of Jesus, he leaves Judea and he departs into Galilee and he must go, go through Samaria. And, and again, at first uh, glance, if we're not careful, we want to just skip through that and jump across that. But I, I want to tell you my perspective of that and your perspective of that would probably drastically change if we were one of the blessed people that lived in Judea or Galilee or Samaria the day that Jesus came to town. Amen. Does anybody remember the day Jesus came to your town? Because it, it, it's very evident in Scripture that any time Jesus showed up, something beautiful was going to happen. You didn't, you didn't just meet Jesus and shake his hand and think, what a nice guy. And just go on your way and forget about him. He, he, you didn't just say he has a pleasant face and then just continue on your journey. When you met Jesus, you left impacted by him. I heard one man say, when you got done talking to Jesus, you were either mad, sad, or glad. There was no in between. And quite frankly, I hope, by the time you leave this service, you're either mad, sad or glad. Hopefully you're glad because you met Jesus tonight. But, but when he comes, something is going to happen. It's, he's going to move things. He's going to change things. And that's why we read in our Bible. When he went to Cana of Galilee in John chapter two, when he left there, something had happened that had never happened before. Water had been turned into wine. And we read in the Bible says he went to a place called Nain and there was a, a crying, widow crying now over the the casket of her dead son and but but when she when jesus got to town that boy jumped up out of that casket and and i'm just telling you everywhere that jesus goes something is going to happen i read when he went to gadara there was a man that was demon-possessed he was really demon-possessed. He was out of his mind. He broke chains, and, and uh, he went in the cemetery and hung out, and he tore his clothes off. That's a good sign that you're nuts, that you're demon-possessed. He ran around naked. But the Bible says that when Jesus came to town, the man put his clothes back on, and he left the cemetery because everywhere that Jesus goes, something is going to happen. Amen. When he went to Jerusalem, he healed a cripple at the pool of Bethesda. When he went to Galilee, the Bible says that he walked on the water and he rebuked the storm. And he healed every sickness and every disease. And when he went to Capernaum, he healed the blind man. I'm just telling you tonight that that everywhere that Jesus goes, something is going to happen. And I want to add a little bit to that. I do have some good news for you. Let me just tell you up front, uh, if you're in this place tonight, I've got some of the best news you've heard all day. Are you ready? I've come to tell you that Jesus is in this place. I've come to remind you that Jesus has walked into this house. I've come to tell you that the blind eye opener is in this place tonight. The one that turned the water into wine is here. The one that cast out the devil. The one uh, that healed uh, uh, the lame man. The one that walked on water. The one that calmed the storm is in this place tonight. Listen, you've got a reason to rejoice. Jesus is in this place tonight. Amen, amen. But that's not all the good news I have. I've come to tell you that everywhere Jesus goes, something is going to happen. Amen. And I want to preach to every individual in this place tonight. Jesus hasn't just come here tonight to pass you by and leave this place and make no impact on this service. I firmly believe that Jesus has come tonight to do something in this place. He's come to help somebody. He's come to change somebody. He's come to make a... Has anybody come to see Jesus do something in this place tonight? Oh, Hallelujah. I'm glad I haven't just come to some dead dry church, uh, but I've come to an apostolic church uh, where people rejoice and shout uh, because their lives have been changed. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. I heard, I heard about a man walking down the street and, and uh, he saw a sign over a business, and over the business, the sign said uh, it was a taxidermistslash veterinarian. Yeah, he looked at that, and and then underneath it, it said, either way, you get your dog back. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, I don't know that I'd want to take my dog to that kind of a place, (laughs) i got some neighbors dogs that belong there <laughs> keep me up nigh- nights barking but, but I, 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 there 's some churches like that they, they, they may not be able to fix your problem, but they 'll bury you that 's about all they do but i 'm glad to be in a church uh, that Jesus has come to, and, and when I come, I have come with broken hearts, and, and He has mended my broken hearts uh, i 've come worried and he has helped me with my worry. Can anybody testify to that uh, i 've come when I, I needed healing, and He healed me in my body because everywhere that Jesus goes, something is going to happen. I'm telling you, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I've come to give Him praise. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen, amen. And the Bible says that Jesus had come to this little town. He had come here. He had left Judea, departed through uh, Galilee, and He needed to come to Samaria. And then the Bible begins to give us uh, more detail. It begins to narrow down what Jesus does when he came uh, to this city. The Bible says he came to uh, a, a specific city called Sychar. And that it was the place where Jacob had given uh, a, par- a parcel of ground to his son Joseph. And, and the Bible tells us that there was a specific well that had been dug there. And... Uh, and the Bible tells us that Jesus went and sat on the well. Jesus went to that specific place and sat down. And, and so we've, we've got, as, as the details begin to emerge, we begin to see the, the, the place that Jesus came to. And then the Bible fills in some further details. It says that it was, it was the sixth hour and, and uh, that that would make it again, as I said the the noon hour for for the for the Jewish day begin at, at at the sixth hour and 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 so uh, six o 'clock in the morning and so it was at that time and, and, and you have a specific place and you have a specific time and and then the Bible says that that the characters begin to assemble at the well. And it's almost coincidental that this lady shows up. And you've heard preaching about this probably all your Christian life. This woman uh, shows up at the well. She is a a woman of Samaria. And and we know that she wasn't, you know, her character wasn't the greatest. and And uh, she didn't have that great a pedigree. And she shows up at this place. And, and it, it just seems to be a, a series of coincidences that emerge here. But I I think we've lived for God long enough to know that this was anything but a series of coincidences. In fact, I believe that Jesus knew she'd be there before she ever showed up. I believe he knew what she had had for breakfast. He knew if she'd had a fuss with her live-in boyfriend that was back home. He He knew her mindset. He he knew which path she'd be coming, and I believe he was sitting on the well. It was looking at his watch at a sundial, looking at the sun, whatever Jesus did, saying, It's almost noon, and I've got a meeting that I have got to meet this lady. It was not a coincidence. Jesus, there's only God only knows how many strings he had pulled to get her there at that time when he was at that place. and I, if you don't mind, I'd like to make it a little personal. Now remember, who am I preaching to? I'm preaching to you and to me. I'm preaching to everybody in this place. I want to make this personal now. I firmly believe that Jesus has done the same thing tonight. I firmly believe that Jesus knew you'd be here when you got here. And, and and I know some of you already saying, well, yeah, it's, it's youth camp. It's, you know, riot. It's 2015. We do this every year. But no, no, I, I believe it's, it's more than that. God has set some things up and put some things in place and pulled some strings to get you here. He he knew what you'd be wearing. He knew your mentality, sir. He knew you'd be you'd have fussed with your wife before church. I don't know if you did that or not. But he knew you'd be here. He knew which chair you'd sit in, young man. Young lady, he knew what you'd be wearing. I believe that Jesus has set this appointment up tonight. And he's here to meet somebody in a mighty, mighty way. And I I, I really like, it's so neat. Jesus sees this lady that he had set up this appointment and, and she shows up and his opening words are, give me to drink. Now, what an interesting conversation starter. There's a lot of different ways to meet somebody for the first time. Typically, it's something like, hey, how you doing? You know, you shake their hand and... And, uh, you know, introduce yourself, maybe give him your name a little bit. And once you get a little bit more intimate, you might ask about the weather or something like that. But Jesus to this lady that he had never seen before in the flesh, in his humanity. I understand he's God manifest in the flesh. But in his humanity, she had never seen him. In his humanity, he had never seen her. He doesn't waste time with all the pleasantries. He doesn't start by saying, how you doing? What about, you know, the weather? And it hadn't been hot the last couple days. But Jesus looks at the lady and says, I want you to give me something to drink. Now, I'm going to tell you, that tells me something about the makeup and the mentality of God. I believe that there is something that he is interested in when he comes to the house of God. I believe that he may have set this meeting up, but there is something in God's mind and heart that he's saying before we go any further, before we go any further in this service, I want to make it very plain that I want something from everybody in this place. Amen. Amen. And he's saying, I want you, before I give you something, before I satisfy your thirst, before I meet your longing, before I heal your body, before I touch your mind, I want you to give me to drink. Amen. And what I'm telling you, I think you understand God is interested in finding people that will praise him, that will worship him, that will magnify him. In fact, In fact, God is never shy about saying, I want you to praise me. And that's why in the Bible you read Psalms like Psalm 150. He says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts and praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Uh, Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet and praise Him with the psaltery and harp and praise Him with the timbrel and dance and with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals and praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath uh, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now I want you to listen to me. I'm preaching to a worshiping church. I'm preaching to a church that's got the revelation of praise in the Lord. But I want to drop this in your heart tonight. Notice there is a word that is missing from Psalm 150. There is a word you won't find in any of those six verses. And that is the word please. I don't read one time where, G- where God begged them to praise him. I don't read where he said, "I'm," but he said, you need to do it. You need to do it before we go any further. You need to lift your hands regardless of how your day went. You need to praise me regardless of how tired you are in your body. Before we go any further in this service, I want you to praise me. I want you to magnify I want you to glorify me. Hallelujah. And I I just want to say this to this church. God bless you for having a revelation of the beauty of worship and praise. Don't ever lose the joy of coming to God's house and lifting your hands. Don't ever lose the joy, young people, of clapping your hands and dancing and shouting and mingling your voices together and giving God praise. I'm telling you, all day long, the world has taken his name in vain. All day long, he's been the backside of dirty jokes. All day long, his name has been taken in vain. And when he comes to the house of God, he's saying, I want somebody to give me what I want. I want somebody to give me some praise. I want somebody to give me glory and honor. Oh, hallelujah. Has anybody come to lift up and magnify the name of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen I, I need to go a little further But listen, before I do I, I want to drive that point home Church, don't ever get bored with worship Don't ever get bored with praise Don't ever just say it's another song service Don't just say it's another worship service I'm telling you, God hasn't gotten bored with worship God isn't tired of your praise God doesn't sit there with folded hands When you're worshiping Him But I believe all day long He's looking at His saying it's almost noon i can't wait he's waiting on the well for the people of god to get together and lift up their voices and give him something to drink has oh, anybody come to give him some praise tonight hallelujah 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 Amen. Amen. And I, I want to, I want to hurry through this. I really do. He wants us to praise him. He wants us to give him praise. And he looks at this little lady and he tells her, would you give me to drink? Somebody say, give me to drink. Now this it's interesting, this lady, now Jesus, you got to catch the picture. He has set up the time and he has set up the place and he has put all the characters together for this moment to happen. I believe Jesus was excited about this. I believe he really was looking forward to this. I know he was weary in his body, but he was going to minister to this lady. He, he wanted to do something like he wants to do for some of you tonight. I hope you're listening. And he was there, and everywhere he went, something was going to happen. And he introduces himself to that lady by saying, give me to drink. And, it, and it's interesting that immediately this lady began to raise her defenses Immediately, she, she doesn't go and give him something to drink. She Instead, she begins to give explanations for why this is not a good time. She begins to explain why maybe another, you know, this I don't even know why we're having this meeting. And she says in, in her words that, uh, why are you asking this? You are a, a Jew and I am a woman of Samaria. And, and the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritan. She's covering a lot of ground in just a couple of sentences. She's saying, You know, you're a man, I'm a woman. We don't know each other, like she had some kind of moral high ground to stand on, anyway. And, and then she points out that he's of a different uh, ethnicity and nationality. How were we supposed to talk? Jews don't hang out with Samaritans. And, And the the irony is she's talking to the one that created man and woman. The one that said, let there be light. The one that gave her breath in her lungs. The one that knew her better than anybody else in the world. And she's going to explain something to God. Now, that's, that takes a lot of guts, takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of uh, boldness. Uh, and, and, but the irony is how many times, let's be honest, how many times have we seen people do that when they come to the house of God? God has set up the time and God has set up the place and He's put it all together. And All day long, He's been waiting for that moment when He would come and, and He would do what He wanted to do and He would pour out His Spirit and He would bless and minister and He's saying, Come on, it's time for that moment. If we're not careful too many times, we'll raise our defenses and we'll say something like, God, right now is not a good time. God I'm weary in my body or God these people are nuts let's do this another time with another group of people can we have an encounter at another time and we, we may not have used any of those excuses but at one time or another all of us have used some kind of excuse for putting off an encounter with God but I, oh, I hope there's somebody that would say tonight God if you've got the time and you've got the place and, and you took the time to be here then Lord I want what you've got for me tonight and it took me a while to get here this is a simple message and it's about to get even simpler if God don't help me but Jesus looks at this lady that has just said I know you put a lot of planning into this whole thing Lord and I know you set up the time and the place but this really is not a good time after all she's explaining to the God of the universe why this is not a good time Let's do this later. Let's do it another time with another cast of characters. This is just not going to work. But what I like is Jesus looks at this lady and he tells her some words that I pray God, that God would help to explode in this place tonight. He speaks to her some words that I pray that God, you would allow revelation to come into this house tonight. and he, he, he tells her some words. He doesn't even answer her explanation. It's like he ignores her, all her defenses she's got and all her excuses and reasons for why this is not a good time and you don't understand and all of her defenses. And Jesus rises above that. He steps up higher and Jesus looks at her and he says, ma'am, if you knew the gift of God. And number 2, if you knew who was talking to you, you wouldn't be telling me to get out of here. You wouldn't be saying later's better, maybe even never's better, but you would be saying, "God, give me this water." God, give me this th- this water that I thirst for he looked at her and he said, lady, if you knew the gift of God, if you could understand the power of the gift of God, you would ask of me. I wouldn't have to ask you. I wouldn't have to set this meeting up. I wouldn't have to chase you down. I wouldn't have to come here and send my disciples to the city and and make it happen at noon when nobody else is there so that me and you could get together and I could look at you. But ma'am, if you just knew the beauty of the gift of God now I know this church knows what I'm preaching but I will make it very clear I have come to preach to you tonight about the power and the beauty and the glory of the gift of the Holy Ghost And I've come to preach to young men If you knew the gift of God I've come to preach to young ladies If you knew the gift of God I've come to preach to elders I've come to preach to great saints of God Maybe you've had the Holy Ghost for 50 years I'm preaching to you And I've come to preach to you If you could see If for one moment God could pull back the veil And you could remember And see the joy and the beauty and the glory of the Holy Ghost experience you wouldn't leave this place like you came you wouldn't leave this place like you walked in but you would beg of him God give me another touch God I gotta have it baptize me with the Holy Ghost oh let's lift our hands and let's feel after him right now come on let's love him right now Hallelujah! come on would you help me would you pray in the Holy Ghost right now oh need you to pray with me. I need you to help me. Come on, reach out to Jesus right now. Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! 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 Oh, ba 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 da da ba 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 Hallelujah! Amen, amen. I, I want to preach for a few minutes. Can you can you help me preach for just a few minutes longer? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God, he was talking about the Holy Ghost. And is there anybody that's thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? Amen. I hope it's not too old-fashioned to come to a youth camp and to preach to a bunch of Holy Ghost-filled young people about the power of the Holy Ghost. You know how powerful it is? Jesus said, lady, if you knew it, if you could see how beautiful it is, you'd ask for it. Yeah. And you know what I've come to tell you, young man? If you knew it, if you could see it, you would ask for it. Yeah. Hallelujah. I believe the Holy Ghost is what everybody wants. Amen. That wasn't hyperbole. I really believe that's what everybody wants. Now, there may be some people so far gone in sin, they... they perhaps they may be so reprobate and apostate perhaps but I believe even those that are way away from God that do not seek the Holy Ghost the vast majority their problem is they just don't know they just can't see how beautiful it is in fact I believe the Holy Ghost is so powerful that even those in the Old Testament if they knew they would have wanted what we got G- the apostle Paul said it like this. He, in Ephesians 3, he said, The mystery uh, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. That means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't know about what's in this place tonight. Paul said in Colossians 1, he said, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. And, and then he said, Which is, uh, but it's revealed to you. And what it is, it is Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. It was hid from them, but it's not hid from you. It was hid from them, but it's inside you. Jesus said in Matthew 13, blessed are your eyes. I'm preaching to young people with blessed eyes. Blessed are your ears. Your ears are blessed. Righteous men and prophets desire to look into this thing. But I'm preaching to young people at this youth camp. You've heard about and saw things that King David desired to have. Amen. In First Peter one, Peter says it like this. He said prophets would preach stuff, and I, I'm I'm definitely paraphrasing now. Amen. You think the message paraphrases? I'm really about to paraphrase. But it's, this is what it says. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, they they would preach stuff and and then they would say, they would seek uh, God about it and say, Lord, is this for us? Is this supposed to apply to us? And, And God would reveal to them, no, you are prophetically speaking of something that is for another people and another generation. He was talking about the Holy Ghost and he said, even the angels desire to look into that that's why and I, want, I hope you're staying with me men like Ezekiel would prophesy and I don't know where he was but man Ezekiel the Holy Ghost would come on that prophet and he really would come on him and he'd do some weird stuff he'd lay on his side for 390 days and then lay on the other side for like 40 days and, and eat all kinds of weird things as God would cause him to it was just a strange deal and so I don't know where he was in Ezekiel 36 but he, he, he may have been praying I don't know but God began to reveal things to him And Ezekiel, under the power of God, began to say this. He began to say, a new heart will I put within you. I don't know about you, but I want a new heart. I don't like my old heart. I I don't like Joel Booker when he's on his own, when God hasn't got a hold of him. I don't like me when I haven't prayed. I don't like me when I haven't talked to God. And Ezekiel said this, a new heart will I put within you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. I don't know where Joel was in Joel chapter 2. When the Bible says he began to prophesy. And I don't know how he felt. Can you imagine this man living in the Old Testament. The Holy Ghost hits him and he begins to say. It shall come to pass afterward. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. I don't know where Isaiah was, that man that God would use so mightily. When in Isaiah 28 and number 11, the Holy Ghost hit him. Did he even know what he was talking about? When he began to say, for with stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest. Wherewith it caused the weary to rest. And if you're wondering if that's caused by that stammering lips and other tongue applies to the Holy Ghost. Paul said it did in 1 Corinthians. He talks about talking in tongues and all of That he was speaking of it. And did he have any idea what he was talking about? Or maybe in Zechariah, when he said it so short and sweet, the Holy Ghost moves on him and he records the words of the angel to Zechariah about uh, the words to Zerubbabel It's kind of convoluted Zechariah four and six. But the simple words are this, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. Somebody say it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, I don't know where those Old Testament men were. I don't know what they were thinking. But can I tell you, they never experienced what they prophesied about. They never had firsthand what they talked about. They they felt the Spirit on them, but they never felt the Spirit in them. I believe David did dance in the spirit, but he never talked in tongues. Isaiah may have had a revelation about the Holy Ghost, but he didn't experience the Holy Ghost. But tonight, I'm not talking to people from the Old Testament. I'm not preaching to people on the wrong side of the blood of Jesus. I'm not talking to people that are on the backside of a place called Pentecost. I am preaching to a new church, New Testament apostolic church. And I've come to tell you, the Holy Ghost is not just coming. Comforter is not just coming down the road. The Holy Ghost is not just going to fall someday. But I read in my Bible where it says, in the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly... There came a sound. Come on, does anybody remember when it happened to you? There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse number four, then it says, and they were all filled. They were all filled did you hear me they didn't just talk about it they didn't just prophesy about it they didn't just dream about it they didn't just desire to look into it but the bible says they were all everybody all 120 not 118 not 115 and two sat on the back and didn't get it but all were filled all were filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going to preach much longer. But what I am going to preach is I've come to preach the power of the Holy Ghost. And I can't, I I wish, I wish, I wish that I had words to describe the Holy Ghost the way I feel it. And the way I should, I wish I could do it justice. I I wish I had the eloquence. I wish I I knew how to say it. There's one Bible writer that that called it, um, he, he called it joy unspeakable. And he said it was full of glory. That's a pretty good description of the Holy Ghost. One Bible writer said it's Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. Has anybody ever experienced that? Amen. I heard one of our preachers describe the Holy Ghost. It's like a bucket of honey that's kicked over in your soul. Now, I don't know if that, what that does for you. That's pretty cool. But can I tell you, I, I really don't know how to do it justice tonight. But this is the best I've got. I've come to tell you like Jesus did. In fact, I'm just going to use the script that he gave me. I'm just going to give the script that I read in John 4. And I'm going to look at some young men and young women and elders and children. In fact, everybody, because I've come to preach to you everybody and me and this is how i want to preach about the holy ghost i want to tell you this if you knew the gift of god if for one moment the lights could go on if you could see the beauty of the holy ghost now i know what you're saying you're saying preacher i already got the holy ghost i've already talked in tongues but let me tell you this is not a one-time experience this is not something you get 20 years ago and you never talk in tongues again. No, I'm just telling you, it's not something you just get a little bit of and then and forget about it. And, and in fact, I really believe the Holy Ghost is so beautiful. There's not anybody in this place that's experienced the fullness of it. And so I want to tell you again If you knew the gift of God If God could open our eyes to see You know what would happen? Every individual in this place Would lift your hands to heaven And you would say God, give me this water God, I see it God, I want it God, would you baptize me? If you could see it, you wouldn't just ask for a little touch. Oh no. Oh no, we wouldn't be guilty of a little bit of sipping tonight. We, we wouldn't be doing that. But I believe if we knew, we would ask and he would baptize us with a goalie washer in the Holy Ghost. He'd do it for young men. He'd do it for you and you and you and me. Is there anybody that's thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? Oh, hallelujah. I want us to lift our hands right now. Come on, I want us to love Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Come on, for just a couple of moments, could we give him the drink? For just a couple of moments, could we give Jesus what he wants? Oh hallelujah come on i feel like jesus has set this moment up jesus has brought us to this place he knew you'd be here young man he knew what you'd be thinking he knew how you'd be hurting he knew what had happened to you this last year he knew what you're feeling in your spirit young lady and jesus is saying would you give me the drink would you worship me would you give me some praise right now that's it come on let's love him let's love him let's love him Oh, da 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 ba 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 da 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 ba 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 Hallelujah! 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 Oh, I love you, Jesus! Hallelujah! I want you to listen? I appreciate what's going on right now, but I just a couple more things, and then I want us to come to the altar. And I believe the Holy Ghost wants to meet us. I firmly believe that Jesus has set up this moment for somebody. I believe it's not coincidence that you are here and He is here at this time. It's not coincidence that He has approached you. It's not coincidence that He's initiated the conversation. It's not an accident. It's not by man. It's not by might. It's not by your power. But it is by the Spirit that God has brought you to this moment at this time. And I rebuke doubt and fear and unbelief and tradition and everything that would hinder what you're... Our God, give us ears to hear. And I've come to preach to you the words that Jesus said ma'am sir if you could see if you knew the beauty of the Holy Ghost if you knew what it was to talk in tongues if you knew what it was to go to bed at night with Jesus Christ inside you if you knew what it was to wake up in the morning with a comforter come in your heart if you knew what it was to have that kind of joy if you knew what it was to have that kind of peace if you knew what it was to have that kind of liberty there wouldn't be an individual in this place that wouldn't lift your hands and say god give me the drink god fill me with your spirit right now oh and i am done preaching but is there anybody that wants to come to this front and lift your hands and voice and say god i want a baptism all over again with the holy ghost come on this altar is open for young men it's open for young ladies it's open for elders it's open for guests it's open for everybody in this place right now would you come and lift your hands god i want it I need it, I want it, I need it